What are you doing? I'm tasting my food. Why aren't you swallowing your food? Do you think I look this good by eating? Miranda realized Lou hadn't found inner peace. He'd found an eating disorder. Are you serious? Miranda, don't put your toxic shit on me. This is fucking L.A., okay? You have no idea what kind of pressure I'm under here. Who cares what you look like? You're a writer. For a hit show. Trust me, no one wants to hire a fat story editor. All Miranda wanted to do was rip that Nick's hat off his head because no self-respecting New Yorker would ever spit out that good a steak. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. Now I've lost my appetite. everybody welcome back to the miranda's season three episode 14 sex and another <laughs> city this is la part two it feels like they've been in la for weeks now god i hope so yeah, i feel like I know. anybody who visits from new york feels like la is immediately weeks <laughs> well um that the that's, per- that's such a good point the person chiming oh, in yes. is no we want to welcome our friend hank oh to the podcast. Thank you, Gilly. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Hank is my roommate in my sublet down in LA, and he is very, very opinionated and passionate about <laughs> movies and TV. You even said you are were a child of television last night. <laughs> Factually accurate, uh, that <laughs> statement, sure, yes. You loved Gilmore Girls and Friends. This is also true, yes. So far, I can, yeah, the testimony is standing up, yes. But you hadn't seen Sex in the City, so we, so, but I thought it would be really fun to have you on, so uh, we'd love to learn more about your experience with Sex in the City. Uh, I'm here for it, yeah. Take it away. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at it. This is <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about as fresh as you can get. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I'm dying right now. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess uh, I'm happy to share my experience, what limited experience that is. So I guess just to bring you up to speed, right? Like my introduction to Sex in the City was as a child in my (laughs) eldest brother's bedroom. He was probably 16 at the time. And uh, he had the like pink bookish looking box set of Mm -hmm. all the, the DVDs. Uh, and for me, you know, I just saw that as this pink thing uh, and had a lot of curiosity as to what it was doing in my brother's room. And it said um, S-E-X on and it. And it had said S-E-X is Dan, you're darn tootin'. Um, <laughs> so you're darn tootin'. It evoked a lot of feelings in me, but not enough for me to actually sit down and watch it. Uh, and so Gilly uh, propositioned me to watch, you know, as many episodes as I could in the last week or two. Well, I said you could literally just watch one it's if true. you wanted I'm, to. I'm, yeah, I'm not being factually accurate. Yes, that's true. You were, you were very uh, obliging. So I've watched, let's see, like six episodes in the yeah, first season. Yeah, you watched a lot. Uh, oh, nice. La- uh, yeah, it's like a two-day mini marathon. And then I caught up with, oh, the le- was it the second to last episode in the second season? Yeah. To see the the Mr. Big sort of disappointment uh, emotionally. Oh, we watched the Hamptons scary. episode. Yeah, they were in the Hamptons. <gasps> um, yeah. Oh, tragic. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, treachery and tragic. Uh, And then, yeah, dove right into the L.A. episodes. And I feel like I I didn't miss a beat, although I know there are many layers to be peeled back. So uh, that's like my experience with Sex and the City. And I'm excited to talk about it with you guys more. 
Okay, I, I I love it. You're like that guy in a um, women's studies class who like all the girls did the readings. We like read everything cover to cover, and you just like skimmed it. But you know what? You're gonna <laughs> yeah. Let me explain okay. to you what happens. Uh, in I know everything. No, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so um, yeah, so the coveted pink DVD case. My mom got ours at Costco. So everything, like I had faux Uggs from Costco. Like Costco was so big in my house. And I remember my mom getting that DVD case and it being like a a really, um, it was an iconic part of Sex and the City to have that DVD case. The way they, like, I don't know how they, if they sell DVDs like that anymore. Like maybe that's our own ancient scroll kind of yeah. moment of like having a giant ass DVD case. Like who the fuck has that anymore? But um, I interesting that your brother had it. Did he like it? Did he take it from his mom? Did he think it was porn? Oh, like, I, no, I probably fall into that latter category. I definitely thought it was porn. Um, no, he's <laughs> yeah. a very cultured and uh, sexually confident man. And so I think, you know, <laughs> I love it. for him, it was just, you know, I like this show a lot. Uh, he's also a very big fan of television and film. And so I think it was just, you know, yeah, why not have that? To me, I had a lot of questions, but um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was an iconic TV show at the time, and it really is on like any list of important TV shows. It's usually on it, I think. I mean, if you list 100 shows, I think, I don't, is it much that much of an achievement if it's like on a hundreds list? But I mean, I think it's an iconic show. So I think any person who likes TV and film, it's good to indulge. It was funny because we were I was in the kitchen the other day and I hear, you know, steps, you know, Hank coming down the stairs and he just stops and he goes. I watched the first episode <laughs> and I was like, which episode? The pilot. And I was like, ah, you watched the pilot. Great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. The pilot to now crazy like how what what they've done oh i mean would I love to tell. know what you think yeah yeah well i mean immediately like it's just ugh, like i know you just mentioned ancient scrolls but it is such a time capsule in the best possible way um and i was telling <laughs> i was telling you last night gilly the uh it's like i almost feel nostalgic for a time that i've never had but that is like almost yet to be it's this weird feeling that i can't really describe where yeah, like, wow, being a 30-something in New York and a woman and being so just confident, uh, but at the same time facing so many trials and tribulations, like, uh, I'm a little envious. It's weird. <laughs> and I think the pilot really drops you into this really great world immediately. Yeah. Well, also, you, I'm curious because, okay, so whenever we have someone on the podcast, we usually ask them what character they identify with. And you told me before you even watched what character. And I just wanted to follow up and see. <laughs> we want to know what character do you identify with? OK, so I don't identify with her any longer. OK, well, say uh, who you initially said. OK, well, I, I only knew like three names offhand when you prompted me. But I, <laughs> you know, so I was like, oh, probably Charlotte. Because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, the <laughs> listeners, I assume, can't see me. So I, I have, you know, brown, black hair. I was like, that's the one that's not blonde or redhead. So that's me. Yeah. Uh, no, I am definitely not a Charlotte. Um, well, then who are you? I mean, I told you yesterday, I think I'm a, I'm a Skipper Johnston. Oh, yeah. 
Squirrels. We call it squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He's Skipper. Oh, Wait, why Skipper? I mean, I don't know. Apparently, he's been left by the wayside by Aww. the point where we're, we're at in this episode. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a very- That's so funny. Intelligent and, and emotionally intelligent man who's just, you know, <laughs> developing into, into something that doesn't know what he is at the moment. You know? Wait, stop. Hank, I'm dying. This is truly now you've epitomized somebody who's like participating in the class discussion. People are like, wait, wait, did he do the reading or not? We, we like eviscerate Skipper so much on the show. We, with this podcast, we call him the poor man's Tom Hanks. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking the whole time. I would take that though. That's a I know, compliment. honestly, High honor. it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But you know what? I think re-watching it and seeing Skipper like he really did care about Miranda. He she kind of emotionally abused him. You feel bad for Skipper. And I and I hope he's doing well. He never comes back on the show. <sighs> he only is for like, I think like what, four episodes, maybe? Really? Yeah, he- yeah, I would say four episodes. My PSA though about Skipper, I don't know why it's a PSA, but it's a PSA, is I think I like nice guys. Nice guys are great. He's an example of a guy who's too nice. Mm. One that lets yeah. himself be walked over, mm. you know? And that's why, like, we don't like Skipper. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why I don't like Skipper. Because mm. he just, like, lets himself be, like, traipsed over by, like, Miranda and, like, other female characters. Because he's so desperately, like, just, like, wants to. He's such a romantic, you know? Yeah, the more you say, the more I'm like, that's me. I, 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 you nailed it on the head. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh my God, okay, that's amazing. Well, hopefully you have a little bit of a Miranda in you because we're the Mirandas. Or Charlotte. But we're, we're slowly becoming the Samanthas. Yeah. Um, And this was a great episode for you to come on and watch. I really enjoyed watching this episode, Gilly. I Me the too. whole time was taking notes like <laughs> like cackling to myself, writing things down, kind of laughing at my own observations because there was a lot to talk about in this episode. So should I do a quick summary? Do one of your famous recaps. <laughs> OK, so this episode, the girls, everything is not quite what it seems in this episode. Carrie is kind of has this flirtationship um, fling with this guy who she ends up being conned by in a way. He's not exactly who he says he is. And we have a great guest star, uh, Vince Vaughn. Please tell me that you have another one of those. Wow. And I thought I had a problem. You like them? Yeah. Old tar is very nice. Yeah. I thought they banned these here. I taped them to my body on a plane. New Yorker? Yep. I'm Keith Travers, representing Matt Damon. Oh. Miranda in this episode meets up with an old ex-New Yorker friend who seems to have adopted this L.A., you know, chill, zen personality and ends up that he's just a repressed, like, maniac New Yorker at heart still. Charlotte's episode feels like she's living in a fake marriage because everything on the outside looks perfect, but inside they still have not had sex, successful sex. And Samantha in this episode buys a fake Fendi, and then it ends up biting her in the ass when they are at the Playboy Mansion, which I completely forgot this fucking show goes to the Playboy Mansion, has Hugh Hefner on. Amazing, amazing, amazing. This was such a weird turn for Sex and the City, but it was a great episode. I I love this episode. Um, Hank, I'd love to hear a cold reading. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Don't mean to put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, I mean... 
I'm a big fan of any time a show comes to LA. I'm an, yes. you know, I'm not a native Angelino, but I, I certainly have adopted it as my home. Uh, so I'm thrilled whenever any show, any movie, you know, tries to point out the little isms and all of the pitfalls that, that, you know, LA is known for. And I, I loved it. I thought your, your summary right there, sir, hit the nail on the head across all of the, the high, you know, flute and beats. I think, uh, the Vince Vaughn thing, I, I was blown away. Like my mouth, like jaw dropped through yeah. And then it just kind of delivers. I don't want to spoil necessarily like the no. second. Oh, spoil. It's okay. No, oh, spo- okay. no we're everyone who's watching or listening to the podcast has pretty much seen Sex and the City a million times. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah they're not like, <laughs> they're not like listening to this podcast yeah. to understand what, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, the the Carrie Fisher moment, right, is pretty like, my, my like jaw was already on the floor and then it sank down into like the basement because yeah. it was just like, are you kidding me? Like like ultimate cameo. Yeah. Well, when you come to LA, you better bring, like better bring the, the celebrity cameos. Yes. Right? And I thought it delivered. What the fuck do you think you're doing? I told you, no prostitutes when you're house-sitting. You're a house-sitter? Personal assistant. Personal assistant. I thought you were an agent. Please, I wish I could get my agent to water my plants. Apparently, the life I was coveting wasn't Keith's. It was Carrie Fisher's. You are so fired. Um, Yes. Yeah, just a fun, fun time. You're also a big Star Wars fan. I am. Yeah. I am a big Star Wars fan. Um, yeah. As I think uh, Skipper would be too. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There, there he is. And, and that's the Sex and the City Star Wars crossover we needed. <laughs> we didn't think they, no one asked for it, but we think we needed that. Um, yeah. Comic-Con. So here we come. <laughs> right? What? Okay, so what plot point should we get into? Because I think each, other than Samantha's, the fake bags, I think Miranda's, Charlotte's, and Carrie's, I think we should get into Miranda's first. Let's get into Miranda's. Okay. This one's hilarious. I thought in like a in a larger sense, I that moment when Miranda meets up with the friend, you have these expectations when you meet up with someone that they're going to be the same old person and they're just a little bit different. No, not even a little bit. They're like a lot fucking different. And you want to commiserate. You want to like shit talk. And this person who she meets up with is like enlightened. And I think it makes Miranda have to really self-reflect, right? In this last episode, she kind of was trying to shed her New Yorkerness. She wanted to bond with this guy. And I think we've all maybe had some experience where somebody in our past or a friend just changes and it it doesn't sit well with you. So I thought Miranda played that really well. I think I'm one of those happy people now. Wow. I mean, good for you. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I think I was just supremely unhappy in New York. I mean, I came out here and I let a lot of that old toxic anger go. I take things slowly, get outside. Ellie agrees with me. Miranda realized she was the one standing out in that room. She was the only angry New Yorker for miles. Um, being happy for him, but having her need it, it, it almost looked like worse for her. Yeah. For him to be good, if that makes sense. Well, I felt like I am him right now. Like I'm just sitting there, yeah. just like yeah. feeling like, yeah, I'm just so much happier here. The sun here. Da, 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 da. I don't know. I was really identifying that, also feeling like a little bit of a traitor to New York. But um, I did. Yeah, I thought it was it was funny to see Miranda's character kind of like soften and Mm -hmm. evolve into like almost like an Angelino, as Mm -hmm. you would say, 
Um, actually, one of my favorite lines is when basically kind of skipping ahead, but Charlotte fesses up to the girls at brunch that her honeymoon wasn't filled with great sex with Trey. It was actually like the exact opposite. She's like, and I'm sure you're all judging me right now. And I love that Miranda's like, who am I to judge you? We all have our paths in life. She was just so like zen yeah. and self-actualized. And I love that she took on that like California green tea infusion. I love that. Yeah. She drank persona. the green tea Kool-Aid. Like, yes. I mean, yes. for yeah. me, like dealing with a lot of people like that on a day-to-day basis of like, oh, I just moved here from, you know, Podunk or I moved here from New York. And like watching that transition to becoming you know, actualized as an yeah. Angelino is I think I like that one line stood out to me is like that's everything you love and hate about someone kind of sacrificing their soul to become like this Zen, like just very happy go lucky person. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really perfectly delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And and when whenever Miranda kind of puts on a persona, her voice softens, it lightens, it extends. And she kind of did this with the like a flight attendant. And it's really just kind of a testament to Cynthia Nixon acting and how she kind of like becomes this other version of Miranda. Um, But no, it's interesting. As a New Yorker, you're kind of like there's this like obviously the classic like East Coast versus West Coast. But I remember moving to New York. I'm from Michigan originally, and I like hardened here. So it's interesting that New Yorkers go to L.A. to kind of like soften, I guess. And it's interesting, the idea of like where you move, having an impact on your personality. Mm. And I think a lot of people, when they move to New York, it becomes their fucking personality. And L.A. too, like just kind of becomes their persona. Um, But Ali, I mean, uh, Gilly, it's interesting because you are like a born, born and bred New Yorker. And now I, in LA, and you're trying to convince me to go there. No. I'm I'm trying to I'm at least trying to convince you to come to the saddle house, saddle ranch, chop bar, house, chop out. Yeah, that's it. I'm at least trying to convince <laughs> you to get on that mechanical bull. Yeah, I which know, I will. Yeah, it's just really like honestly, I keep saying this, and I'm a broken record, but it's just like really sunny here, mm. and I. I didn't realize how just like good weather could really just make you feel happy to like step outside and be curious about your walk and what you see. And <laughs> I mean, your voice is just extending and yeah, doing everything. No, I know. <laughs> and so I feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe it is softening. Um, I It's funny because I I was back to like the mechanical horse we were. I was watching the episode again with Hank last night, and I was like, "LOL, I wonder if that place like even exists or still exists." And you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah, if you want to get like the most expensive steak in the worst service of your life, uh, <laughs> but you know, say you're on the Sunset Strip riding a mechanical bull, I encourage everyone to go to the Saddleback or whatever the hell it's called. Um, shameless oh. plug for for that spot on the Sunset Strip. Hell yeah, Sarah. I think you should. I think we should. I think we have to go when you're here. We have to go and we have to recreate that scene. Like, yeah, who's going to be Miranda? You or me? Both of us. <laughs> it will be. Okay, a, both well, of actually, us. maybe we should on the Instagram like rate who's like the most Miranda on the mechanical. <laughs> well, Wait, that's whoever, amazing. Whoever hangs on the longest takes on the title, right? Like, no, but but yeah. we have to do the. Woo! 
and just take the top, the red bralette. Or, yeah, no, or and, just be but, the the dorkiest one. I Sarah, yeah. when I was like re-listening to the podcast from last week, I was dying when you're like, I don't think she was wowing them with her sexuality. <laughs> No, because you look like a dork. Like you just look like <laughs> such a dork. And that's how I think why we relate to Miranda. Because I think in mm. your vision of like riding a bull and being sexy, you think you're gonna look hot as shit, but you look like Miranda. Like I know if I did that, <laughs> the intensity in which I'd be holding on doing it. Um, but yes, when I come to LA, I think we gotta make a stop there. But this guy was in this the with Miranda and this New Yorker guy, you know, he's lost a ton of weight. Yes. Super Zen. And then they he's having a positive influence on Miranda. We're seeing the softening. And then they go out for a classic like steak dinner with some nice drinks. And he's chewing the steak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, chewing yeah. and then spitting it into the napkin. And then yes. Miranda's like really inquisitive, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with the steak? And he's like, you know, what is it? Um Wait, what? What is it? What did the fuck? What did he say? It's he like, said, "You don't think I like got this? Like, do you think I look this good by eating?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Nailed and then it. you realize, like, there's this whole <laughs> other side to LA in which it's the pressure to look good. You're surrounded by the most attractive people, and here is this like true New Yorker, not really anymore, who's like chewing the steak, spitting it out. New York strip steak. Yeah. New York strip steak. Yeah. Well, that Um, actually brings me to a question because, Hank, you've been out here for a while. I've met some of your friends so far. They're really nice. Um, But the other night it came up, um, one of your friends was saying like, oh, like how like there's some people here that irritate him, like, you know, asking for your Instagram handle when you're Mm. out and like how that just feels so like opportunistic. And we'd love to know your perspective with some of the more like veneer kind of stuff that's being addressed in this episode from like 2002 or something. Sure. Yeah, that's true. That's a great question. And I think, yeah, I mean, I I don't know that the I mean. I don't want to to diminish the you know like you know uh, body dysmorphia and eating disorders and any of those things that are still very prevalent. But I think you know yeah like the Instagram and social media influencers are kind of like that analog to what this episode is kind of showcasing. Oh, interesting. Just like the vapid, like very shallow and and looks obsessed culture that goes on here, and how yeah it's just very transactional. Like when you make friends. Uh, it can be, you know, not a friendship that they're looking for uh, or vice versa, depending on what you do. Um, and, you know, it has its pros and cons. Like it can get you into cool parties. It can be a fun thing to do and and, and lead to fun things. But, yeah, like I, I'm not one of those people who who's confronted by a lot of people that are trying to get, you know, a greater following by meeting me on Instagram, yeah. let's say. Uh, but I do see it a lot, and yeah. my friends are definitely more more victimized in that way. Um, Inter- interesting. Yeah. Oh, people ask for your Instagram handle. Yeah, that's very common. Um, I mean, I've never been happen? asked. I don't. Ha- I don't even have an Instagram, so I don't wouldn't have to give the handle. You but have our like Instagram, I, which you basically run as my personal one, and I get your like endorphin supply. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> give me another hit of something. <laughs> nope, but I don't. I don't post anything about my personal life re- mm. other than when I talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Um, nothing on Instagram. <laughs> but no, but I've never been asked for an Instagram handle. Well, you're lucky because they would out you immediately as like, oh, my God, you don't have an Instagram? Like, get <laughs> away from me. Um, no, so I know. common. I was like, surprising. I'll give you my Reddit name, but um, <laughs> are you maybe, on Discord? Yeah. What's your Twitch handle, girl? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Let me see your stream. Uh, what's your Twitch <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, that's okay. So yeah. very interesting that the LA stereotype, though, because Gilly, you mentioned this is in 2002. No, it's not even 2002. I think it's 2001 that this okay. is airing. R- okay. Whatever. I think it's pre 9 11. And, <laughs> you know, the. L.A. was really, California was really ahead of its time with a lot of, like, cultural um, norms, like health obsession, um, you know, uh, plastic surgery looks. Like, a lot Mm -hmm. of this stuff is, like, a lot of culture, kind of like this, like, vapid health culture kind of originated there in California. And it's now been, like, really commodified and commercialized and, you know, green tea, zen, all these things – I don't know, but I, I've always wanted to move to LA and this episode just made it look even nicer. So Gilly, I'm so excited to come in yes. in June. Well, yeah, and it and I think that note also leads me to just like a funny line from Carrie when she's like, When it comes to bags, men and cities, is it really the outside that matters most? And it was just such a string of like three very like separate things. I thought was really funny. <laughs> it's like a high schooler writing a thesis statement. You know, you're just like, are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> I don't know. And then when it's she so introduces stupid. herself to Vince Vaughn, like I'm a writer, and it's like she, oh wow, you're good with words. <laughs> can we can we talk about that yes. for just one second? Yes, please. You can't leave like Carrie alone <laughs> for two seconds without you know some celebrity swooping in to you know sweep her off her feet. Yeah. Like as soon as it's like her and Samantha waiting outside trying to get into this elite club, right? Yeah. Uh, Or I think it's like a premiere after party. Yeah. Samantha leaves. Two seconds she's gone. And then Carrie lucks into another uh, dream boat. Although obviously it turns out not so much a dream boat after all. But I just think it's so funny. Loss Uh, of attraction. I know. If you will. I mean, maybe she's just radiating that kind of like. I know. I need need whatever she's radiating. That, That sounds like an ideal situation. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. I'm representing myself. Actress. Oh, no, 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 no. Writer. Too pretty to be a writer. <laughs> and that's too cheesy a line for you to be a writer. It's going to take a fucking hour to get the car. Samantha Jones, meet um, Keith Travers. He's representing that thing. I, I, th- I think with some, there are just some people, and I think it's, well, this is Carrie's show. It's Carrie's world. Um you know, this is kind of Candace Bushnell's fantasy that she's always the girl that's picked, always the girl that's looked at. My question is Vince Vaughn. Yes. I wrote this hot or not. Ooh. I don't know. Hot. 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 Okay. Hot. hot, right? Like like Vin- Vince Vaughn is hot. I think on mute, yeah. maybe not. But okay. with his mannerisms Gilly. and his... Yeah. Like, you want to go to the VIP room, like all of that stuff. He was very confident. Yeah. He commanded. Yeah. Yeah. And even he has like kind of like doesn't have a chin. He kind of has a double thing and he he's mm. kind of not. He's kind of like a little plushy and kind of pale. But there's something about him. That's why I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling right now, Vince Vaughn. It's confusing, but I do. I will vote hot. Hank, Ooh, would you like fun. to? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> as a cisgender heterosexual man, I can confidently say he's hot. And it's like, for, you know, from my perspective, the guy is he just oozes nonchalance. Right? Yes, like, that's a good way. To put yeah, it. he's like, oh, yeah, he's so tall, but but he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't impose that on you. He's yeah, he's very charismatic. Wait, wait, that is such a good statement. 
he's so tall, but he doesn't impose that upon you. I love that. That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I think I am actually I really don't like tall guys and Gilly knows this. And it's because I find their height very imposing. <laughs> it is. It's like very like <laughs> get out of my physical I mean, space, I just so. like like certain people, but I guess like height can be a thing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, this is when you told me that I'm actually um, like uh, superficial because I don't like tall guys. Yeah, exactly. Is that what I- <laughs> it's still height. You're still reverse tallism. Yeah, yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> that's true. Well, also, um, I was wondering, do you, I was going to look up when swingers came out. I, I was, was thinking the same thing. I was wondering if that was like, um, a, like a little homage or nod to, you know, Vince Vaughn being in swingers, which is about like, New Yorkers in LA, right? Or like transplants. Spot on. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing because, you know, in my eyes, it's like this is, I think, post swingers. It's post Gus Van Sant's psycho. Like Vince Vaughn is, you know, a very prominent like actor at the time. And I love that he just like, (laughs) I represent Matt Damon. And it's so funny because in a matter of years, it like, (laughs) he's a leading man. And it's just so fun to see him in this little like middle point in his career. Yeah, Swingers was 96. So it must have been like five years before, which means it was still like relevant. Um, What do you think of what 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 is the modern equivalent of what he did or or do people still do that, which is kind of like lure you in a lot? I mean, Wait, well, I'm going to tell you a personal anecdote oh, first. Oh, love it. Can I do it? Okay, so Absolutely. I have an example of this. I met Oh, this yes. Guy. You've talked you know, about you know this the on story. the pod. You've talked about it. Yes. Have I? Okay, wait. I'll quickly re-mention yeah. for anyone who hasn't listened. But this is my my first year. I was 23 when I moved to New York. And this guy in the subway was sitting next to me. I should have known this was a red flag to begin with. He was looking over my shoulder at what I was listening to, and then he kind of kept commenting on it. And then he rode with me to my stop and then asked me out. Again, red flag. No one fucking does that. This guy lived in Queens. I was getting off in Spanish Harlem. That was Ooh. insane. I go on this date with this guy, whatever. He told me that he worked in real estate and he was an artist. Okay. By real estate, he was a doorman. And by artist, he made bongs, like glass <laughs> bongs. And, and I remember feeling so, so conned because I was like, I I mean, I guess making bongs is art, but mm. are you an artist? I don't know. So I felt a little bit of what Carrie felt like where this someone kind of tells you something to kind of get you in the door. And then when you're in the door, it's not really real. I mean, this guy like really lied about what he did. But um, yeah, thought- so what, what do we think? Yeah, thought, what do we think? I thought Vince Vaughn did such a good he just is so dry. Like he did such a good job. He like picks up his like little Motorola flip phone. He was like, this was always on. <laughs> yeah, so good. Cause Carrie Fisher walks in and is like, You're not my assist. Like, or he's he's not an agent. Like, I wish my agent would water my plants. He's my personal assistant. <laughs> and like I told you to stop bringing prostitutes back to my house. And then oh, he says like the, the, the cat litter. Or something. Yeah, he's like, I picked cat? up the dry cleaning and the cat litter or, so, or the cat food or yeah, something. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. He's so funny. <laughs> that was very Vince Vaughn. Any movie it reminded me of like Wedding Crashers or um, fuck. What is I can't. I'm like blanking on it. the movie. Dodgeball. But, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was very Vince Vaughn. Um, great. The L.A. cameos have been very good. Very, very good in this episode. What was you know what? There was a couple of other cameos in this episode that leads me to my ancient scroll. Oh, do it. 
There are a plenty in this episode. Do it. But I think my like overarching ancient scroll was just like Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion. Yes. Like very, that was so of the time. Is he the ancient scroll or is I think he is the ancient scroll. That man is old. Um, He's also alive. Rest rest in (laughs) peace or is that not, are we not allowed to say that? (laughs) I was actually like reading many facts about the Playboy Mansion before I came on and like, how they mention that he's dead is I think at one point it said he's in the big palace in the sky. That's what the article said. And I was like, he's, he's dead, but okay. He's he, he somehow revered, revered as this like icon. I mean, maybe he is. I mean, he was kind of like God-like this, figure. like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the playboy mansion was, is like such an iconic, oh, you know, I, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, well, he's of a different era, albeit that doesn't excuse the the, the misogyny and, and all the other, you know, things that we can describe to him. But I, I mean, I just find it fascinating that I think it's entourage, curb your enthusiasm. And now that I'm finding out Sex in the City, like it's almost like Hugh Hefner had a licensing deal with HBO in the early <laughs> aughts and like is just milking it for all he can get. And it's so funny. They almost prop him up and build up that legacy and that icon ism iconity uh it's just wild to me that there's really no one else you could do that with today you know i guess elon musk maybe who would you think like comes close the to tech like, overlords right like <laughs> despised but revered like simultaneously it's yeah. strange i i was reading that how it, the playboy mansion and hugh hafner were described as representing the hedonistic dreams of a generation so like very like Sex, money, drugs, rock and roll, um, and a little anti-establishment in a way. And so, I, yeah, but I just thought it was so dated, mm. right? Like, I feel like after the show, The Girls Next Door aired the reality show about his girlfriends, which I 100% watched. I just <laughs> think the Playboy Mansion kind of went downhill. It feels kind of wrong now, kind of gross in the Me Too era. Samantha had worshipped Hugh Hefner ever since she was old enough to steal her father's playboys. Oh my God. To her, this wasn't a celebrity sighting. This was the celebrity sighting. I'll be back. It's it's kind of like the famous scene where Charlotte, you know, she's escaping Trey because she just needs some time away. She wants to be with the girls. Like, you know, Trey is kind of avoiding her in the bedroom. And when she's at the Playboy Mansion, she's talking to this guy, Ian, like on like a floaty thing. And they're just having a great conversation. And he's basically feeding her the same line that Mirando's fed the episode before, Mm. which was like, it's so nice to talk to like a pretty intelligent woman. And then he's like, I would love to buy you a pair of boobs. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that's like a famous Sex in the City like line, and she just runs away horrified and is ready to leave, uh, ready to go back to Trey. Yeah. Do you think there there are people like that here? Would oh, you say that? Definitely, I mean, <laughs> definitely. And I think it kind of goes back to Sarah. What you were saying is like, what's like kind of the equivalent of of like Vince Vaughn stringing someone along and like the first thought in my head is, you know, like getting Tinder swindled, you know? Oh, yeah, and like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the significant like leagues above what what occurred yes. in this episode. Good point. But I mean that kind of shit happens all the time. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. where, you know, you go out for a night. I mean I'm not the one doing it. I don't yeah. have that kind of money. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you know, we're guys like, yeah, stranger like, booths. You know, are you looking to improve yourself? I don't know how that conversation goes, but yeah. I, I have to believe it still happens. Yeah, probably in some some I mean, vein. 
I wouldn't mind a little more Botox filler. I could, you know, maybe make better. I don't know. I mean, this, this could be a pretty. Yeah. Right. Come to L.A. See what I can get. Well, since you, um, you're like you were kind of a Charlotte. the Well, you're Skipper, I guess. But uh, I was going to ask you how if someone asked you that or either of you, if you want to answer that, if someone asked I or say said, I would love to buy you a pair of boobs. How would you respond, Hank and Sarah? <laughs> As someone who's not thought about this at all in my life, I don't know, Sarah, do you want to take the lead on, on that response? Oh, my God. Well, I would – I mean, I don't know. I have I have pretty big boobs. So I, don't, I don't know. Maybe he's like, he's like, do you want a breast lip or something, you old bitch? Like, what? like, I really don't know, like, why someone Suspend asked it. Suspend disbelief, you cocky bitch. All right. Yeah, if I had small titties. Um, you know what? I I would be probably really deeply offended. Yeah. Mm. But as a Midwesterner, I'd be like, oh no, thank you. Thank you for offering. <laughs> thank I would you, probably but be no, super, thank you. Oh, I'd be super Tommy. polite and then be mortified. <laughs> um yeah, no, it's uh yeah, it's interesting that they they chose this like creepy older guy who's kind of like a father figure and just like it was a gross plot line. But um, wait, Gilly, how would you react? Um, I think I would probably like cuss him out or just get really angry at him. Mm. I'd I just be like, that. oh, fuck you. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah. Or, or or actually, you know what I think? I think I would just play along and just ask him, oh, how come? Like, why? And like, and just ask him as many questions behind this kind of thought bubble he had. Mm. And just yeah, to, you, you like to poke. Yeah. And just let, stir the pot. let him just sound like even more of an idiot, I guess. Yeah. It's like, what's the return policy? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. What about an exchange? Yeah. Like, yeah. Get him for his money. How big were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to get into um, more of Samantha's plot line? I know it's not much, but I thought it was really funny. The whole like fake Fendi thing. Um, and her finding, like, if, like I guess in, in the Valley, this, a, a place that sold a lot of fake Fendi's. That was another ancient scroll yeah. for me. Yeah. There's a bunch because I think this was before, like, what 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 is that trade, like, global trade agreement that's happened, like, post 9-11, I think? Whatever. There was, like, intense, like, yes, 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 yes. Where it was, like, intense global trade and things coming in from China, mm. right? Like, and I know this guy wasn't Chinese selling these things, but it was made in China. And so this was, like, I mean, you walk in New York, you see fucking fake bags everywhere. everywhere. It is not uncommon. It's not weird, whatever. But this was, like, it's fake. They were almost shocked yeah. by, like, fake replicated yeah. goods yeah. and how believable they could be. And we live in a time now where mimicry and things online and dupes, it's just kind of like part of the art of commerce and like the discourse of, um, you know, buying shit from China. Yeah. And I just thought it was really interesting that they included this because it wouldn't be included now. It would be very outdated. It I mean, maybe – some, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's so funny because I was literally reading this morning about like, I mean, there's all these ongoing lawsuits from shoe companies, right? Like the Nikes and oh. the Vans and the Adidas's of the world being like, oh, you're copying our silhouette. Let's sue you into oblivion. Oh, and it's just so funny because I think it's actually from the flip side. Like the corporations just hold so much power and like yeah. are so protective of their brand today like they were yeah. before. So I think mm -hmm. you're totally on on the nose there, but it's just it, it would be told in such a different way today. Like 
you know, it'd be yeah. oh, I bought these counterfeit Jordans. Uh, I'm about to go like whoop some ass about it. But it's it's so weird. Um, I will say that yeah. that encapsulation of the valley for the, yeah. like, the 30 seconds that they're in it is the most accurate thing I- I've seen about. Okay, LA so in a please, while. please articulate it's, that. You ha- flush. Yeah, it you out. have to tell me because I I literally wrote have them tell me about the valley because yeah. I only heard about the valley in like Clueless and oh, this. So tell us, beautiful. Yeah, no, I mean Hollywood does the valley dirty. I will I will say that. Um, but there's they're spot on. It's like if you want something that's less expensive, but doubly menacing, like those dogs that are in oh, the guy's yeah. driveway. And it's just like, yeah, the danger is just lurking beneath this suburban facade that is oh. the valley. It's just endless suburbia, but populated with like the creepiest weirdos. Oh, um, OK. It's a lot of fun, really? but it's really weird. Oh, interesting. OK. Wait. Where is the val? You know what? I don't know enough about Los Angeles to even ask like a coherent question <laughs> geographically. What would the equivalent be of the valley of like in New York? Do you know New York enough to? Um, I would say it would be like. Well, I don't know. This is kind of harsh. I would say is it like is Stat- it like more deep in Queens, like yeah. Staten Island, maybe or yeah. Long Island, even probably Long Island, where it's like it's not like it's way more north of where we are right now, and it's not like. I mean, I, I'm really deferring to you, but like, it's not bad, but there's definitely like things going on over there. Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on by the way. It's Staten Island, Long Island and Queens like rolled into one, but like just over the hill. And it's, it's, I'm I'm trying to not be like LA pedantic about it all right now, but like, you know, it is, it's got this reputation. And I think the kind of classic idea of LA is like, void or devoid of culture right is like that's nowhere more apparent than in the valley where oh interesting a million plus people all just live in this like vast suburb that is a part of the city but just resists the cultural machinations that make la so great it's just yeah it's interesting yeah yeah, I, I remember watching that at being younger and thinking like, <laughs> they're in the hood, you know, like, where are those dogs barking and illegal things going on? Um, but yeah, I thought the, I don't know, I thought Carrie kind of looked like an idiot in this scene with like the dogs and the screaming. Yeah. And the, but, it, but it's interesting because she, this is like, oh, maybe this is such a reach. Yeah. But we do kind of over we, we we think this is like an AP lit class yeah. for like overanalyzing the smallest shit where she's like terrified to be in this place with like the dog and the guy selling the bag. And then when she's at brunch and then Samantha has the bag, she's like, no, you didn't yeah. and wearing her like gold chain. So she good point. Sir. She appropriates other cultures. Yeah. And other yet cultures. like when she's but but really when she's like dropped into a place that's socioeconomically different from her own, she's not really able to adapt or prosper. She's <laughs> actually like totally horrified by it. Like when she has to take the bus in New York City. Yeah, right? Like she's like, oh, the poor. And I was like, you are one of them. Like you have credit card debt. Like you're crazy. But she's like, she's a little bit of an elitist. No, you did No, the, I thought it was super funny how the bag went to bite Sam in the ass in the end <laughs> yeah, when so she good. was like so mortified, you know, that then the girl pulls out the bag and it's actually real. She's like, no, mine will say made in China. Um, but Gilly, this leads me to my carry tracker. Oh. And I'm so curious if you have one. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. I, I actually it's don't. so good. It's so good. Okay. So just fill so, Hankin on our carry tracker, if you remember. All right. 
A carry tracker, we have a bunch of chimes in the podcast, and the carry tracker is whenever Carrie, who's like the most selfish character ever, does something <laughs> obscenely selfish, usually in relation to her friends, conversation, or like a partner. bringing it like back conversationally. To Yes. And we've been tracking this throughout the podcast. And it's just <laughs> completely illuminated how selfish of a character Carrie is. Okay. Ready? We Gilly? love all our Carrie listeners, the, though. <laughs> yes, we do. All Carrie's the, the girls are at brunch and Sam shows her her new bag, the Fendi yes. bag. Carrie's like, no, you didn't. And she's looking at it. What the fuck does Carrie do? She literally opens her purse and goes, <laughs> shoves all of her shit out onto the table <laughs> in front of everybody. Her keys are there, her condoms, her money. Can you imagine that? I hand you my purse and you take and you shove everything out of it. That's a good one, Sarah. I don't know. That's a really that, good that one. Was my, that was my Carrie tracker. And then she like, all the shit's on the table. They're making fun of it. And Carrie's still inspecting the bag. So... That's my my carry tracker for the episode. <laughs> um, I oh my gosh! I actually this is a little bit of a pivot. It's a question for Hank though. Um, oh, we were watching the other night the episode where Carrie um, is on the bus mm-hmm. and she's preparing to see the photo of her. Like she did the photo oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah, she's wearing what is known, which I don't know if you're familiar the with the naked dress. The naked dress. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. yes. Okay. And um, you know, many moons ago when we covered this episode, <laughs> uh, Sarah and I have like talked. You know, we've rehashed the conversation the girls have in Carrie's apartment, mm-hmm. which is. How long should you wait before sleeping with someone you're dating? Mm. And they all had like different answers. Uh, Charlotte was, you know, wants to wait the longest. Miranda's like, just not the first. Samantha's (laughs) in the vein of like, who cares? Like, he'll leave you at any time. Mm -hmm. It could be the first or the seventh date. Um, I mean, either way, I was like, it was kind of a very like scandalous dress, in my opinion, for Carrie to wear with big. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? I know it's kind of a personal question, but are you asking me how many dates I take women out before I dump them? Or like, <laughs> are you asking me how I feel about the, the naked dress? Well, well, I, well, I was actually going to ask you, well, Sarah, help me workshop this one. Is there, um, is there a, do you, do you, do you yeah. abide by a rule dating? So a lot of women uh, have like, don't sleep with him until the third date. Don't do this. Like that's a pretty constant thing. Women are taught that there are like these rules you kind of have to follow. Do you think that there is a specific date in which you, Gillian, correct me if I'm wrong yes. I'm asking this, but is there a specific number date in which you would sleep with somebody? And let's say they were wearing a ridiculously revealing dress on the first date. Mm. Would you then assume that that sex was on the table. Yeah, I think... Gilly, yeah? Is that what you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well okay. done, sir. Yeah, very... <laughs> that's what you said. Uh, no, I think that's a great question. And I, and granted, you know, 20 years later, so maybe our social mores have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think, one, if I'm dating a woman who's wearing that dress, uh, I mean, I'm trying desperately to sleep with her. <laughs> um, so that's really more, you know, that's, I don't know if I assume it's on the table. I'm, I'm just going to be trying very hard. Um, but yeah, I think, you know... We live in a culture today where it's like, you know, whatever you wear, like, you know, you could be wearing a very low cut dress. You could be wearing all kinds of different, quote unquote, promiscuous things. Uh, and I'm not going to assume anything of it. Um, but I will say that I don't really have that rule. Now, I know that rule exists for many women and I'm not uh, I can tell you very candidly, you know, I've slept on the first date. I slept with a girl on the fourth date. Um, it's 
I think in that way, a little bit accurate of, you know, the the banter that goes on between the really the three of them. Um, so question just to follow up, like, I think what the girls are trying to ask is, is there any leverage or power that a woman has in withholding sex on like X number of dates? Do you think that there is any sort of pattern or allure that they can build and leverage by kind of, as Sarah would say, delay, delaying gratification. Mm. Yeah. Does it keep you around longer or, or is it kind of like, it's really about the person and it just doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah. I think more of the latter, like if I can answer for, you know, as candidly as possible, mm-hmm. is it doesn't for it. really matter. Like if I'm going to, if there's no chemistry, like it doesn't matter if we sleep together on the first night or we wait out and have some dinners and do it on the fourth night. Like, we're going to break up eventually. Um, And, you know, I think if, (laughs) you know, in fact, like most of the longer relationships I've had in my life, yeah, like that was the earlier that we went to bed um, in in number of dates. And Hmm. it's just, yeah, like to be honest too, it's like a balance, at least for me, again, being candid is like, you know, two, three dates out and like we still haven't slept together. I probably slip into that like kind of old school misogynist of like, Okay, like I've bought you three dinners now. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> oh, I love that honesty. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know if uh, if it's, uh, Skipper would be. You just got canceled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a balance there, though, right? Is like, and that's the kind of the power and the leverage that is, I think you're talking about is there's sex and then there's money. And I think Samantha actually is the one who points that out is like both are exchanges of power. Yes. And, you know, uh, yeah, that's my kind of take on the case. That's so it's really, we've, we always talk about this on the podcast. We talk about, you know, how women are super conditioned to see themselves through the male perspective, the male gaze. And so a lot of women's sexuality is based on like really pleasing men and being like, does he want me? Does he want to fuck me? Does he like me? And I don't think women like stop and think like, wait, do I like him? Like, do I want to fuck him? Do I want that? And I I think this show, the characters all kind of toy with this idea in which Samantha is very much like, do I want that? Do I like him? Do I want this? Miranda is very much kind of a mix. She's a mix. It's good representation of it's like, does he want me? Can he want me? Please like let him want me. Um, And I think Carrie, I think Carrie just needs the attention. I think she. Yeah, I think she's really burdened by the of being wanted and being likable yeah. that I think a lot of women do. And so I think a lot of women have to have these rules and structures set in place because it feels kind of chaotic hmm. without it. Um, but, I, but I do agree. I don't think waiting to the third date, waiting to the first, second, 10th, whatever. I don't, I think if you have chemistry, it, it's going to work or it's not. I don't know if sex necessarily like tips the scale. I don't think you should have sex on the first date though. I don't think that. Oh, okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> No, here it is. Okay. And I, I, I'm actually adamant about this, that I don't think women should have sex on the first or second or even the third date Whoa. because unless that's what you want, if, if, if what you want is just sex, then do that. But if you're looking for a relationship, I think when you have sex with somebody, particularly women, your fucking brain 
does something where mm. you can get more attached, even if you don't like the person. You don't even know if you like the person yet because you've had sex with them. So there's got to be. I just think it confuses like your biochemistry. Gilly, do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that and say some women. Gilly, <laughs> not all women. <laughs> not all women are stalkers. No, no, I psychos. agree. I mean, I feel like um, you know, like there have been times where like the first or second date is what actually like where I slept with the person is what turned it into a a relationship. And I think maybe that might've been because I didn't see it as a thing. And maybe I, it it came off as being like less interested. Mm -hmm. And then there was more, you know, I was pursued more. So I, I really think that it's really hard to say. I think it just should be like a little bit, a different question that you ask, which is like, and maybe this is like very like savage, but what do you want right now out of this situation? Do you yeah. want, what do you want to get laid? Do you want to have a good time? Do you want to get to know someone and see what it might be like to get to know somebody mm-hmm. and maybe let that kind of steer what you do. So like, if you really want to get to know someone I think the best way is not to like put each other's genitals in different holes. I think <laughs> I think the best that way should be on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like my mom used to tell me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it should be like maybe questions and get, doing coffee and getting to know someone. Um, so I, I mean, I, I will I will say yeah. this, Gilly. <laughs> what? Okay, no one should wait as long as Charlotte waited. No. And this episode (laughs) proves that so perfectly that like sexual chemistry is so important though. And, you know, you're, you're, fuck it. If you find out on the first date, second date, third date, but just don't marry the person and then, you know, figure out like there's a huge issue. Um, I do love in this episode that Charlotte came to LA yes, and Mm -hmm. was with the girls. Yes. And she looked stunning this whole episode. She looked great. So stunning. Yeah. Um, Even Dakota mentioned he's like that polka dot dress. He's like, that would look so nice on you. And it was just like this like beautiful like two piece set with like the halter. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's my fashion call. Vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. Do you have any fashion call outs, um, Hank? Things that like stuck out to you in the episode? Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. Yeah. That's a huge part of this show oh, is I know. the fashion. I know. I was clocking it in the episodes before. I have to say with that, Charlotte, I was I was distracted by her midriff. Do people still say midriff? Is that like, does that, I, Ancient scroll. That's yeah. ancient scroll. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. Not too many stood out for me. I think the, the outfits at the like Playboy Mansion obviously were just like, a lot. Um, <laughs> I liked them. There was, I think, Samantha. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Was wearing the like kind of black, or maybe it was Carrie. Carrie, the black yeah, shimmery, yeah, like mesh thing, like yeah. almost translucent. Yeah, that like was that pretty spectacular. Um, <laughs> but you'd have to remind me of any other ones. The '70s, like what is it? Got a caftan, uh, Gilly caftan, kind of a like a well that beautiful look. I mean, we have two iconic Carrie looks in this episode. One is the Bo Peep top. <laughs> that Carrie's wearing when they're going to pick up the fake bags. 
you know, with the ruffles in yes. the sleeves with the bows. It's very, very like, iconic. Almost like Reformation does something like that right now. And then it's it's called a slutty milkmaid. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> slutty milk. Aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't all okay. milkmaids slutty? Oh, sorry. Fashionable milkmaid. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's the other iconic. Epi- uh, sorry. The other iconic outfit, which just carries white shorts with the gold boots and the gold like metallic lame bra underneath. With her hair. I've always hated that. I've hated that outfit. I hate that Deep outfit. sigh. Yeah, tell us about yeah. it. <laughs> Why don't you like it? It's, it's, I don't like fake gold leather. It feels costumey. It feels like she was dressed as like a slutty Greek god. Like, I don't know. I didn't like it. Like, it was just kind of a, no. Not it's, for But you. it's an iconic carry look. No, no, definitely not for me. Um, um. This but, is a side yeah. note. It's back to Charlotte, and it's also another ancient scroll. Um, at the beginning of the episode, we see Charlotte picking up Carrie's mail while Carrie's mm-hmm. away. Um, like, is that a thing that people did if they were out of town? Hey, like, I'm going to be out of town for literally only 10 days. Do you mind, like, going to my house and picking up the mail? Like, I thought that was so weird. And, well, and and again, they've been gone for what a week. Yeah, if that. And is there not a mailbox you could just leave it in? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Well, my question is like, so when she comes to L.A., who's picking up the mail? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> like, who's picking- you've been deputized <laughs> and you've left your post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but that that's actually kind of a consistent theme in Sex and the City with Charlotte going to Carrie's apartment to pick up mail. Like this happens more than once. So clearly they have like a routine or something. Um, and maybe Charlotte offers. It actually brings me to my like innocent kind of cute Charlotte chime. I just want a nice, sweet, handsome, funny, great guy who doesn't say things like sweet lips. Is that too much to ask? Which is, um, I love when Charlotte first gets to L.A., they're at brunch, and, you know, Charlotte is being very much like Sally, uh, Meg Ryan, and when Harry met Sally, Mm -hmm. just having the most particular order with substitutions and tweaks here and there. I'm kind of that person sometimes. Um, And... I love that the waitress reciprocated and was yeah. like, oh, I, like, I highly recommend like the steamed mushrooms or something like yeah. that. Lightens the calories, retains the flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Man. Well done. Yeah. It was so good. And then she turns to I the know. girls and she's like, I really like LA. <laughs> and I thought it was so cute. Oh my God. Yeah, that is definitely the innocent Charlotte moment. Um, but okay. <laughs> We totally forgot a plot line. What? And I forgot it. Oh, I know. The, the trip to Brazil. The, the Brazilians. Hank, get into it. Oh, that was my first note. Please, please, you guys. I mean. I well, got, do you want to, how about you recap what happened with their trip to Brazil? Oh, Brazil. yeah, the trip to Brazil. Um, <laughs> sure. I'll gladly, do, oh, I'll fly that plane. Um, so, <laughs> essentially, it's my understanding that, you know, Carrie is like caught up in all, a little bit to to an extent with the the superficial nature of LA and she's like well if I'm here and I'm laying out in my bikini all day I might as well do what the people out here in bikinis do and that's get a bikini wax mm-hmm. so she goes it's almost like a very 40 year old virgin kind of vibe in that scene um, yes <laughs> and uh, also kind of Zoolander at the day spa <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit with that like ambiguously European woman 
Um, and so she, <laughs> she yeah. ends up whacking everything. Uh, yes. She gets a Brazilian. She goes full bald. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for the recap. <laughs> sure. I was always very perplexed when I was younger. When I say when I was younger, I mean up until this very moment. When why they would lift the leg for the Brazilian. It doesn't make sense. It, it do, no one would ever do that if you're getting a Brazilian. They make you go full happy baby frog pose. <laughs> yeah, like spread eagle. And yeah, okay. yes, spread eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mortifying. Your butthole is in the air. It's terrifying. You're just like, I can't even paying to be masochist and like abused by this woman with hot wax. And the how the, how they did it was so absurd with like the gymnastic yeah. leg like splits in the air, um, and sh- it clearly like it almost looked like it was only one side was done. Like a Brazilian, they do like both sides, it was one side, the other side. But I don't know. I always um, thought it was really strange, and I was very confused. <laughs> so I guess the, I did a little bit of research, which means I like just googled it, and the Brazilian I think became super popular in. New York. So it started in New York. <laughs> so in not like Brazil. 19, okay. <laughs> 1987. No, no, no. It was started by Brazilian women because oh. it, be, it, it became popular in Brazil because of the teeny suits started in like the 70s. Mm. And then that style of grooming was brought over by Brazilian women to New York. And then it was offered in salons and it became really big in like the 90s and then early aughts. I mean, Gilly, I don't, I don't know about you, but I remember like I mean, I think I got a Brazilian when I was like 17. And I no. remember the person say, yeah. And I remember the person saying like, the only pet people who get Brazilians are porn stars. strippers and whores. Yeah, yeah porn stars. <laughs> yeah. But I remember being like, I don't, I mean, I just assumed like that was the style in which people, at least I know that was what you did. You just like got rid of everything. It was the most, the first time I did it was the most excruciating like experience. Oh, I remember Gilly. I, this was, it took like hours. Remember you had your AirPods? I had to have my headphones on. I was, sorry, Hank. I was like bleeding. It was so painful. (laughs) I didn't want to ask, but I kind of assumed that that happens. Yeah. Yeah, And then I did it probably two or three more times after at that place in Ann Arbor on on South University Street. I know exactly which place you're talking about. Because you recommended <laughs> yeah. that place. And then I was like, that's Sorry it. Sorry about that. <laughs> I am never doing Like, this is enough is enough. Like, this isn't I'm going full native. Yeah. Full <laughs> <laughs> bush. Absolutely not. Okay, wait. Hank, you're younger than us, correct? That is a correct assumption. Wow, way to out us to our listeners, Yeah, Sarah. I'm 42. But People God. know how old we are. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. We, we, we talk about fertility way too much for us to be like young 20-year-olds. Um, I'm curious because I know the guys in my age group mm-hmm. and like hair preferences. I'm mm. curious about younger guys and younger girls. Well, what is yeah. the like trend? Hmm. Like, what's the trend? We're speaking right now in generalizations, in- though, Sarah. I don't know if I know what you're talking. I feel like about. don't don't we always? Oh, I'm talking about like like um. I feel like a lot of guys after like thirty something don't prefer Brazilians. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, but the I younger don't. guys I knew 
did. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I was thinking about this a oh, lot while okay. I was watching the episode. Because Please, I feel like pray there, tell. You know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, like a, a lot of um, psychology and psychoanalysis <gasps> that goes into these sorts of, <gasps> right? Like, oh, like, mm-hmm. you know, is there some sort of like fetish there? <gasps> is there some sort of like age <laughs> thing? <laughs> <right? laughs> the F word? Um, and I think, you know, it's really, when I think about it, it's just like... I think women are, are kind of it's the opposite with beards, right? It's like I well, it's kind of the same actually. Like you don't want something scruffy, you know? Hmm. Maybe some women do shit. I don't hmm. know. But I don't want something scruffy. Hmm. You know? I either want full or hmm. not at all. You know what I mean? Hmm. Nothing pokey. Yes, nothing pokey. And like that's not like a common thing, but I don't really, you know, like they mentioned it, like a landing strip or like a, Oh, you don't like landing strips. A little strips. triangle. I don't mind it. But like, yeah, it's uh, it's not your preference. No. And I think that generally, like, younger people, it's – I think that we might have, like, yeah, kind of crossed that threshold into, like, where the Brazilian is almost, like, to be expected to an extent oh. without projecting a whole lot oh. right now. But, like, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, I don't know. Interesting. So – but that's what I was kind of getting at was that I – like, I remember being – like, when I first moved to New York, I was 23. Like, the, the expectation, like – that would be my expectation too for both myself and expecting like what a guy would have wanted. But now that I'm like 32, but I'm also like in a really long-term relationship. So I think that things just like change. Like and I probably should become more my 23 year old self. I'm sure that'd be appreciated. But I think just like, I don't know. It, it was just odd that like all hair is gone. Like would I want that on a guy to like have no hair? That'd be weird if guys were just completely waxing. So I'm going to chime but in. Then, please. Yeah, chime in, please. So again, I'm just going to preface this. I'm, I'm going to be a little politically correct and just say. Oh, Gilly. <laughs> Gilly. Um, Gilly. <laughs> which is do whatever makes you feel good. Right? Like do your thing. At the Amen. end of the day. Oh my god. Okay, Miranda, Miss LA. Everyone has a fucking cat. Where the fuck are you with your opinion, New Yorker? Okay. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I whether it's a landing strip or a triangle, yeah. whatever path you had. Okay, so what, what do you have to say, Gil? I, I don't how did I can't judge your waxing path. Um I think that um I think the reason why I stopped doing Brazilians is I thought it looked I, I thought it looked a little bit prepubescent, to be honest. Yes. And I didn't identify with that. Um, and so I personally, I don't know. My I could be completely wrong, but my general kind of mantra is that they shouldn't really care. And I don't really want to be with someone who cares. Mm-hmm. And so I just like to keep things tidy and um, I don't I don't want to. Yeah, I just I feel like I also don't really care what they do. So it's. um, Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like, um, let's just get focused on like why we're here. Let's not focus on other things. Let's not focus on the the drapes or lack thereof or <laughs> blinds or whatever it is or shades. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's a good point. Um, but I, I think women's hair is like heavily 
policed and not policed. That's a terrible <laughs> our body, is our choice. Right? Fuck on, Roe versus Wade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. What's Fuck next? Roe versus Wade. It's all about the the, the hair. No, but it, I think like you know you look at like body hair in general for women. I mean, everyone has a fucking opinion about it. Yeah. Like even sometimes when I see women who don't shave their armpits, like yeah. I have an opinion about it. It's yeah. not. I'm not like you go girl. It's kind of like whoa. So yeah. it's I I think we are kind of grown up and conditioned to follow very specific norms with hair in general. That's men and women, right? But um, particularly the different trending styles of pubic hair, I find really fascinating because at one point, like the bush was in, like you look at old movies and porn, like that, that big old bush was like (laughs) deemed like sexy and attractive. (laughs) B.O.B. I'm curious, kind of like, I'm curious what it will be, you know, 20 years from now, but yeah. I thought it was a great plot line that they they added it and they had Charlotte do it too. It was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I think so too. Um, I actually I, I would love for if um we called out some like funny like either Miranda lines or Samantha Singers because I've got I've got a bunch of them. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. All right, let's go. Give me one. Well, there's one Samantha Zinger I have, and now I can't remember the context, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> she goes, honey, the Woody Allen thing is so over. <laughs> <laughs> that was the response to, um, uh, we're, we're New Yorkers. Aren't we supposed to like neurotic guys? Yes, And then yes, yes. Samantha gives that retort, which so is good. very, very true. Yeah, super funny. Weird um, foreshadow. Yeah, very prescient. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the the Miranda sarcasm line. It feels good to be sarcastic. Uh, when Miranda's meeting up with that guy and he she wants to like grab a drink, but he's like, no, they've got great like green tea infusions. And she's like, infusions? Can it be any worse? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's a really good one. I know. I, I loved that whole scene with her like just trying to get out of there and then having to be like, oh, okay, we're sitting down. Um, I I had one and now I'm like, Okay, so Samantha is trying to get the girls to go. She's like, I don't cheer you up. Going to the Playboy Mansion. Then Miranda says, why would that cheer up? Does she look like a 22-year-old frat boy? (laughs) Just the idea that Samantha would take her to the Playboy Mansion to cheer her up was... it was reminiscent of last episodes when she takes them to the dildo party and she's like, isn't this great? <laughs> isn't this fun? Um, this is fun. I have another Miranda sarcasm. I didn't have time to fact check it today. So it may have, it may be completely like convoluted and Freudian in my brain, but they get to the play. Okay. <laughs> they get to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> Miranda's with Carrie and they look into the hot tub and it's a bunch of topless, very, Big, big busted woman. So many fake boobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miranda goes, look at that. Yeah. Tit soup. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I, I have never that noticed that too. before. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. Tits, tit soup. Yeah, it was so great. It's just like a bunch of fake old boobs in there. Um, well, I actually have a kill, fuck, marry friend for our Lovely guest, Hank. Oh, whoa. Yes, give it to her. Oh, wait, here. Tim, I'll give it to him. Tim, I know. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the guest star that I'm gonna, I'll share after. Oh, okay, so give, cool. give the kill yeah. fuck Mary. Okay, yeah. so Hank, AK Skipper. Um, 
We had a bunch of interesting male characters in the past two episodes, LA episodes. Mm -hmm. And we do a little thing, which I'm sure you've played, called Kill, Fuck, Marry, Mm -hmm. Friend. Oh. So I'm sure you're familiar with Kill, Fuck, Marry. Yeah, interesting twist. But we add I added friend. Sarah, we added that. Friend. Someone you'd friend. (laughs) That's cute. So I've got, I want to list the four guys and I would love to hear your answer. Okay. Um, Okay. We have Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. as the agent. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Or the fake agent. We have Matthew McConaughey as himself. We have the Garth, the dildo mm. guy with girth. Garth the girth, yeah. And then we have this like meet the the, the kind of, I guess, bulimic guy. Who's Lou. Like, Lou, what neurotic, Lou? Woody Allen guy. Mm. Kill fun. Oh, this is too easy. That's pretty easy. It's not easy. Um, huh. <laughs> I mean, the first. Okay. So who do you kill? Kill friend. Um, well, it's interesting. I feel uh, you guys had a good conversation about Garth in the last episode, yeah. and reflecting on that, I certainly don't want to have sex with him. That would okay. just be world ending. <laughs> um, so I think. I mean, he seemed, you know, aside from his like postcoital poetry, he seemed like a fun guy. No, doesn't he? I. Hmm. You, you can't be friends with the dildo model. You can't, you <laughs> you can't, can't be. be. That's bad for the brand. No. Okay. Okay. I I, I, I chose friend, but okay. Let's continue. start with the easy ones. Okay. I'll I'll fuck Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Nice. I'll oh, marry yeah. Vince Vaughn. Okay. I'll friend. Uh, that okay. I'll I'll friend dildo man. Yeah. Because he he's gonna bring me to lots of fun parties. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. gonna hang out with porn yes. stars. Yeah. You know, Samantha will cross paths in my life. Okay, there's a lot of benefits to be had. Lou? (sighs) Bye-bye. Like, you know, yeah, he's gone. Kill him. Adios, Lou. Sarah, any... Wait, Gilly, what's yours, Gilly? What was mine? Um, Mine was... I don't know. I kind of killed Matthew McConaughey. He was just so irritating to me. Um, I would definitely friend the dildo guy. I think I would fuck Vince Vaughn, and I think I would marry Lou. Oh. <laughs> he seems like he needs like okay support Plot twist. He did <laughs> not think that <laughs> was gonna come. You couldn't even remember the man's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Whatever>. Okay. <laughs> um. Definitely killing Lou. Um. I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say fuck Garth. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say marry Vince Vaughn, friend Matthew McConaughey. Wow. I think we all had different answers. Yeah, we did. Interesting. We did. That, that, then you know it's a good one. Then the kill, fuck, marry, friend. When everyone has a different answer. Ours was when I posted on Instagram. Overwhelmingly, everyone was like, "Kill Trey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not one person. Um, um, I actually wanted to ask Hank. I know we're wrapping up. But I wanted to ask you, like, you know, you watch a lot of TVs and shows and movies, and um, you have a lot of opinions, but you seem to also like really like to. Ob- analyze and observe structure and character development. And I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the rhythm of the show between the pilot episodes, some of the episodes you saw in season two, and then this two-parter? Interesting. Or general Um, night writing and narrative. Okay. Yeah. That's a very uh, highbrow question. I mean, it's tough having like such a big gap between the episodes I watched, but from what I picked up, I mean like the first season, like it's definitely trying to get its bearings, right? It's a lot Mm -hmm. of like, 
fun and games, I mm-hmm. would say, of just like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, these are the adventures that we have on a very like one-off basis. Mm-hmm. Um and then building up to season two episode that we watched together where it's like, oh, there's a very long arc here with Big. And, you know, I know enough about Sex yes. in the City to know that that goes on for the better part, if not longer than a decade. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can see that building yeah. and informing these characters. And then by this episode, it's kind of it's really interesting to to give Carrie this, you know, L.A. Almost like side adventure, just to to really see how the characters react and play off each other in a different environment, like classic TV mm-hmm. bullshit. But it works really well. And it's I was telling you the other day, mm-hmm. it's like you know, watching the first episode, it's almost like, oh, I'm Samantha, I'm a PR, you know, whatever. I'm Charlotte, I'm an art dealer, and they're mm-hmm. very much just like occupational descriptions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get here, oh, interesting. You just peel back all these layers. Mm-hmm. Um, be like the Miranda change and transformation so quickly to an LA sort of mindset, and you see how thinly that that is, is sort of established because uh, she tears off that mask very quickly. But they really do like they're they develop so many layers, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have a convert. We've got a fan. (laughs) Um, But okay, I first off, very well spoken and and beautiful description of the show. And it it really gives the show a lot to describe it that way. Sometimes (laughs) we like shit on the writing so much, like the continuity and just like different things, like how things work. It's just odd and i don't know is it bad writing or is are they making carrie bradshaw a bad writer yeah. i don't know. i mean i think carrie bradshaw's writing is like a whole other like art. maybe they like know it's bad yeah i don't know but yeah we have the rest of season three next week we have episode 15 where the girls we have we have a nice uh bat mitzvah coming up mm. it's pretty fun well what do we want to rate this episode usually we let our guest rate the episode I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. It's out of five Manolo Blahniks. <laughs> if you are unfamiliar with a Manolo Blahnik, uh-huh. it is a really expensive shoe. Okay. Um, they're usually heels mm-hmm. um, or just like formal shoes. Um, and you can decide if it's five pairs or if it's like four pairs in a shoe or <laughs> 4.5 pairs, we 4.75. Do, we do a one through five wow. rating. Okay. With There's any sort of decimal you want to give. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like pi level decimals. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, having not seen too many episodes, I thought this one was really great. I, I laughed a lot. I enjoyed it. I would say four, solid four Manolo Bolonics. Yeah. Yeah, Manolo Blanks. Four of those. Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a solid rating. Sarah, yeah. what's yours? Do you want to say it at the same time? Um, one, two, three. Four, four point five. five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally, Gilly. Finally, we're right there. So four, I was four point go, five. Good, good. We're all on the same page. Yeah, that, yeah that's really good. Um, we, 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 we've rated season three very highly. Mm. Very, very highly. Second half of season three. to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Second half of season three gets gets really, really good. So we're so glad you got to come on for the LA episode, especially because you're an Angelino. And I'd never heard that term before. But Oh, yeah. Throw it around. You'll sound very cultured. I'm gonna, I might use it 
No, I'm so grateful that you guys uh, took the time and that you asked me to be on. I had a lot of fun and I'm so excited that I've just opened up a new thing to love. So thank you guys just so much. Thank you for coming, Hank. Mm. You were great. And um, yeah, this was so fun. I know. Have you been on a podcast before? You're you're a natural. Oh, no, that's so sweet. No, I listen to a lot of them, though. I'll tell you that. Well, there you have it, guys. Yeah, I know. We don't have a lot of guys on our show. So maybe this will help increase our male listener base. Yeah. Really, yeah. From like yeah. 99% women to 1% men. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like my, it's just my brother and my fiance. So <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Well, bye everybody. And we will see you next week for episode 15. Buy our little Hollywood cameos. Angelinos. Angelinos. Am I Angelinos? Bye.